Hey there, you're listening to the Uncensored Fitness Podcast, hosted by Gary Glamartin, Sean Gallagher. In today's episode, we cover some commonly asked questions. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. And hopefully it doesn't take me another three times to record this. Bye-bye. How's things? How's the form now, lad? Perfect now, how are you? Actually, I can't complain. This is enjoying this mighty Sunday morning. Wonderful. How was your week? Oh, it wasn't too bad. Now, oh, hectic, hectic enough at times, but look, we got there. What about yourself? Grand now, can't complain. Uh, very busy. Uh, we're working anyway. Um, oh, train, Training-wise, training-wise, it was good now. We got um, two home sessions in, and I got one gym session in, so it's good to get them in. That's it. That's what it's all about, man. I just have to keep the Keep the legs moving, keep the activity up. Yeah. No, it was grand. Like, I got uh, my knee high up again. So, that's that's the main thing, keeping that consistent. So Exactly. Get, the, get those steps in. Yeah. So, if I don't get that in, then there's guaranteed there's going to be some some kind of uh, heavy, heavy volume, high rep session coming. Only job. I says, get, yeah. I says if, if you can't get the steps, you got to get the sweat. Yeah. So, anyways, how was your training? Yeah, it was, was um, my training was kind of small enough this week. There wasn't much kind of gym work done. It was really kind of an active week. I was out and about doing lots and bits and bobs. So it was really just kind of a high a high kind of step count week, and it was just kind of moving things around. So it was quite a hands on week. So it was I was kind of using the using the bit of work here and there to. Get the get the bit of exercise in. So there was, we have a a more structured week coming this week now. So it'll be a couple of at least th- three gym sessions to be knocked out. That's for sure. Good stuff. Sure, you yeah. had a bit of a it can act as I find active recovery nearly to kind of the hands on days when you're working. That's it. Like lockers so. is there. Locked are handy to have. Sometimes you wouldn't wouldn't mind doing them all the time. But I said they can be they can be more awkward than they're worth. But lockers is you can. You take the good with the bad with them. Yeah, you can't say that you didn't do anything. That's the main thing with them. That's it. At least you can say, you well, <laughs> you, you had some little bit of movement anyways. It, it wouldn't have been ideal as doing something functional, but look, every little helps, isn't it? Yeah. So uh, today we're going to do a different style of uh, episode. We're going to do a quick uh, Q&A style. So mm-hmm. I have my tree ready and... You've your tree ready, so um, yep. I'll we'll rotate it. So I'll start first. Yeah, no matter. Okay, so the first one I have for you is uh, machines versus free weights. What difference do you see in between the two? So the difference is, I suppose, really, I suppose you want to put a bit of context on where we're coming from. Like, I suppose with this kind of. Um. I say for an intermediate. So yeah, you're so not. Suppose, yeah, so you have anybody that has kind of some bit of an idea of the gym. So look, your your machines versus your free weights. As it says, the machine is, I suppose, naturally enough, it's a man-made item that it's it specifically goes in a certain area. So it has a specific range of motion to work from. So. Yes, they serve their purpose, I suppose, for the beginner. But it says if you're coming into the intermediate, 
you want to be kind of balancing between the two. That's ideally where you want to be going if you're if you're in that intermediate phase. So if you have a bit of time under your belt because your range of motion from using the free weights are going to be so much more uh, broader, I suppose, and, and you you can you can work a stronger range really. And I suppose with your free weights, you're not kind of tight into that exact space. You know, like if, if you're on that chest press machine, you're tight in that position. It's just kind of working that main area of the chest. Whereas you can really open it out if you're kind of using your dumbbells, or even if you're using your barbells. So it's 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 a lot more restrictive, but for somebody kind of, I suppose, really intermediate, yes, should be maybe if they're unsafe or they don't feel safe with their dumbbells. But definitely, I suppose, a beginner. That's where you want to be looking at your your uh, machines. But as I said, they all serve their purpose. But you have to kind of use your trial and error with the two. So, yes, of course, free weights is one hundred percent better. But as you know yourself, they both they both work their own ways very well. Is there much difference between uh, the mus the muscle activation then between the two? Yeah, so the, the best way to kind of break it down is if um, if I ask you to just open and close a door that's hung on a hinge, that's the best kind of example to put to your machine weights because it's it's basically it's held in that position. So there's it's bolted, it's held. You just open, close, open, close. But if I ask you to pick up that door that's laying on the ground and move it in that specific position, if that makes sense, as yeah. maybe that's not a great analogy, but if I was to ask you to hold up that door in place and essentially pick it up with both hands and move it in and out as you're in full control of that weight rather than you're just essentially moving it in the position that it's already moving, you know? So you can move in 50 kg on a, on a machine press can in a lot of cases, look, it's not going to be a lot easier, but it can be easier than hopping under two 25 kg dumbbells or hopping under 50 kgs. You know, it's you're in you're in full control of the weight when you're working with free weights. So it's it, it's more difficult because you have your full you have to balance your body. You have to balance balance the full movement rather than just essentially step in and just essentially go with the movement when you're working off free weights. So that's the I suppose the simplest analogy. I don't know if you'd have any kind of better ways to put that. Um, yeah, I think you're highlighting the point that there's a big difference in the stability between a dumbbell and a barbell versus a, a machine. Like you have that safety net there when you're using the machine. If you're going for a new weight that you're not particularly accustomed to and you fail on it, the only thing it's going to do is come back and it's going to stop. It's not like a dumbbell where you're doing, as I said, your chest press, your um, bench press, and you're doing, say you're going from 25 up to uh, 27.5 kg, and you're lifting it and you realize, oh, actually, actually, this is a bit too much of a jump, and you're going up, and you start to see the right shoulders going up, but the left one isn't. Yeah. And you don't have that control. So essentially, you have to try and safely bring it back down and let it down or let it drop. Because 
it's not going up and you could seriously injure yourself whereas machine has that you just press it forward and then it comes back regardless of if it's too heavy for you it mightn't even move if it's too heavy for you exactly look I suppose the, another simple way to put things for the machine weights I suppose a good way to look at it is you go into your hotel gym that may not have a lot of personal trainers around or may not look not having a go at the hotel gyms but you may not have an on-duty gym instructor all the time there you're you're looking at a lot of machine weights you're looking at a lot of kind of look they're more along the lines of safety yes if done right you can still get a very good workout in with machines but their main goal is safety so it's Yes, for somebody that's trialing an hour, and I suppose maybe if, if you're in that position where, oh, I haven't got a gym buddy or I haven't got a partner or even for bench pressing, which is huge, I have a partner. I want to try to up that weight, like what you were saying. means your machine is far, far more beneficial that way. So, again, they do, they, do, they do serve their purpose greatly. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's very hard to get the technique and form wrong with a machine. Like that's the clear cut benefit of a machine versus free weight. Yeah. Machine, I suppose is really just, it's kind of that you have that safety blanket with it. Like you can, you can, you can arch your back. It says you can, you can roll your shoulders to try to just, because essentially all you have to do is just get that up. You don't have to control it. It's just straight up, straight down. So it's, it's coming back to the door. You just push it open, you pull it back. You don't have to control the whole movement or the whole velocity of the weight, you see. So it's, as they, again, it comes back to it. It says it serves its purpose. Yes, in a way, they are great. And when it comes down to it, so I suppose it's all part of your progression. They, they can serve the purpose at the beginning to just really, I suppose, essentially get the, get the muscles firing, get the muscles working. And then once you're progressing to that little bit higher, and you want to be, I suppose, more advanced, that's when you got to bring your dumbbells or bring your barbells into it. That's perfect. So I'll let you take the next question. Yeah. So I suppose a, a big question there was, how do you really work on, or I suppose, what's your opinion on cheat days? Yeah, so I find with um, cheat days, it comes up an awful lot. You see, I think social media is the biggest culprit for it, first of all. Um Personally, I don't think they're necessary at all. I'm more in favor of the whole 80-20 or flexible dieting idea. Whereas if you fit rather than having a whole day for eating whatever you want, you could have your one chocolate bar every day or ice cream or bottle of uh, lager, have that every day and keep your calories in track compared to going off having a big as I say to you on the phone there yesterday having your uh, two Big Macs and three Ben and Jerry's and then the Domino's as well like having these big epic uh, cheat meals so if you're yeah. as I was saying to you yesterday if you're in a deficit of 200 calories which isn't a whole pile um for whatever period, two, two, three weeks, and you really need this uh, 
cheat meal because you're not or cheat day because you're not um doing flexible dieting where you're fitting in that small thing to keep you accountable and you go off and have uh this on tracked uh unchecked uh cheat day that's has the potential to blow your calories completely out the window because if you're restricting yourself by 200 calories each day for two weeks that's only 1400 calories from 14 or from uh sorry that's only um my numbers is wrong this morning uh 2800 calories from uh two weeks of being in a 200 calorie deficit you can blow that fairly quickly if you're eating whatever you want because exactly exactly you break that down that's essentially one one day of normal eating when when you really break it down because you're hitting around that 2000 3000 mark i suppose on a normal day i suppose for the likes of yourself or myself i suppose a an 80 to 100 kg meal is, is, is going to be working around those kind of numbers. You you take the scary idea of doing a doing a my fitness pal check on Ben and Jerry's or on Domino's. You're going to be getting some pretty high ass numbers. So look, yes, this is that's it's not a topic we want to jump into too much. But look, it's 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 all about the word, the idea of cheat day. I suppose you don't really want that idea of. Like that you're cheating. Like <laughs> the missus wouldn't want to hear you saying that. Oh, I'm I'm just going away for the weekend, cheating on you. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same as you have to treat your diet essentially the same. You know. Yeah. It's like you don't want it. It's not exactly a nice word, cheating. Whereas, right, I'm having my salmon and pasta today, and I'm gonna have my dairy milk on the way home because that's gonna keep me going rather than thinking about that dairy milk all week and frotting at the mouth and then having seven of them. You know. So just being, I suppose, having that little kind of mental, I suppose, mental stability, essentially, more than anything. And just, if it is the case of, if you need to have that, have it and live with the short-term, long-term, you know, benefits and, and, and shortcomings of it. Yeah, it's like you're making a good point there that uh, it gives a kind of negative take on it when you use terms like cheat day or cheat meal instead of, treat day and treat meal even at that though it's kind of you're not a dog or you're not a child so don't that's what i was just gonna say like you don't you shouldn't need to be rewarded you shouldn't need to say oh look you're a good lad gary fair play to here's a wee pat on the head you ate you ate your meals correctly and you got your steps up all week you're such a good boy here you go now have a have a pizza you know no look we're all we're all adults we're all we're all big enough and stupid enough to understand now look if we want a bar of chocolate, we'll have a bar of chocolate. If we want to have those seven dominoes, we're going to have them. We know it's, it's too easy to get nowadays. So essentially, if you want it, you're going to have it. So you just have to remember, right, I need to just wake up, smell the coffee and realize, right, I shit the bed here. Let's, let's fix this and let's kind of just move on, you know? Yeah, like uh, I love that phrase, uh, smell the coffee. So fair play, might use it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like um, as I was saying to you yesterday, uh, and you mentioned it there. Don't try and sugarcoat it. Like if you if you if you want to eat like a pig for whatever reason, like I do it. I did it yesterday. Like <laughs> I had a load of chocolate and I had a few cocktails. Don't regret it at all. I knew it was coming. I did a exactly. high volume leg workout. 
but uh, I, I enjoyed it. But uh, it's going back to the idea, like, you're not a dog, you're not a child. Don't don't degrade yourself otherwise. Like, you, you're more than that. So don't, don't treat yourself like you're anything less. But if you do want whatever, have it. But realize what having it means and add it into the perspective of your overall goal and not sugarcoat it into my cheat meal or cheat day or whatever. And it plays in as well, like don't have this super restrictive diet like we talked about last week, you know, the ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting. If that stuff is making you, as soon as you start, think about having these cheat days and cheat meals, that tells me it doesn't sound like a great long-term diet that you can adhere to. Exactly, I suppose. You use the word, and I suppose like what I kind of jumped into last week, and it's a big one. Use the term lifestyle choice rather than diet, because you see, and another kind of a hateful way to put it is like when you've got the word die in it, <laughs> that's not it. It has an ending point, like it says. If you say you want to diet, you're not going to diet for the rest of your life. I'm going to do it for six weeks, or I'm going to do it for three months. You know, like. If you can make the lifestyle choice of cutting out bread, or if you're going to make the lifestyle choice of eating less red meat, you know, it's going to be have that proper thought with yourself from the beginning that I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do it for X amount of time. I'm going to just change it up and then look back at it then in a couple of months or in a couple of weeks' time. So give it a proper try rather than I'm doing this for a week and then that's it. I'll go back to what I was doing, you know? Yeah, that's uh. That's a big one. So um, my next question to you would be, uh, how would you stay consistent? How do you stay consistent? Whether it's diet or getting your knees up or just going to the gym and exercising in general? So I suppose this, essentially, this is the question that's on everyone's mind all the time. And it's probably one of the most popular questions in the world. And it's, it can be answered so simply, but it's very difficult. Like it says, how do you stay consistent? If you want to be blunt about it, you just you just get up every day and you just do it. But it's essentially knowing what you want to do. And the, one, the way I always bring it back to for everyone, and it's something I've kind of used myself to help with consistency, finding that kind of really good why of why you want to do this. So why you're going to be willing to get up at 5 a.m. if you need to go for that session before work or why you're not going to go for paint with the lads tonight, you know? Find that why. So Noah says, I want to I wanna look good at Christmas. I want to look good for this wedding at the start of 2021. Or, you know, I just essentially want to look better in general, you know? Or I want to have a little bit more energy when I start playing with the kids and not, oh, God, give me a few minutes, let me sit down, you know? Just finding that why and something that really matters to you, like... Yes, the idea of looking good for a wedding or wanting to just look better in my clothes, that can be kind of a vain approach. But look, sometimes vanity is the big kind of motivation for some people. I suppose the, a family a family member or something with a bit more passion can be a little bit more helpful sometimes. But at the end of the day, if you can find what your why is so that when that alarm goes off at stupid o'clock in the morning or when you're at home and you just don't want to do anything and you don't want to prep your meals, as you can just have a think, right, well, I said I was going to do this. 
no, I am going to get up off my arse and I am going to do it. Or, look, I'm not going to snooze the alarm. I'm going to do it, you know. So that's essentially the biggest important, I suppose, for consistency I would find is finding your why. And I suppose at the end of the day is when you are in good form, making the making a good plan and having everything as well prepared as you possibly can for when it comes to those kind of days you, you want to hit the fuck it button that look well it's already marked out here everything is laid out everything is good to go all i have to do is turn up and do it i essentially don't have to think about what i need to do i just i just turn up put my hour in and then go home you know so that's i suppose in quite a quite a simple way to put it, I suppose that's that's the easiest way I would find to stay consistent. Finding that really good why and then working working from there and just being as prepared as possible. Yeah, I find uh, that's a hundred percent the main thing. So credit to you and really doubling down and emphasizing that. Like the only other thing I could think of with that would be is finding like that's your big, that's the big win and what you should be aiming for. Uh, the only thing as Goggins kind of says is the small cookies, finding the small tangible things that help you stay consistent and where you notice the progress, the small wins. So like if you're getting up, uh, as you said, crazy o'clock, six o'clock or half four in the morning to prep meals and get your run in or your workout in. I'd be looking at that and keeping track of every day I do that. I'd be looking at how many days have I made uh, these healthy food choices and not got a takeaway. Um, even how many days I've gone to the gym, even the days I said I wouldn't go, the extra days I put in or things like that, the step count, the difference between from when you started to where you're at now, they all add up. So having them as a reference point from where you started to where you are now is massive. Them small things add up. So when you're thinking about, uh, am I actually getting anywhere and should I keep going? It's look at these things and that should provide you with enough, I don't like using the word, but motivation yeah, that's what I was just going to say myself. So, yeah, look, it, it brings it back to that kind of cheat meal or cheat day. This is the opposite side of the coin of, like, motivate yourself, I suppose. Give yourself that pat on the back if you need to, I suppose. And if you're that person that responds well to positivity or well done, like, good on you. It says, you got up off your arse four days this week when you didn't have to, you know? And like, if that if that works and if you feel well, like, I could have that. I could have got a pizza or look, uh, the, the roommates were ordering Domino's and I didn't, you know, if that works, look, it says it works for some, it doesn't for others, but it's, it's a great way to look, just think, well, I'm going in the right direction, you know? So it's, I know motivation, it can be a kind of a buzzword at times, but look, you have to think of, well, look, you're be, you're on the, you're on the road to being a better you, you know? And look, it's kind of all this, mentality and all positive positivity and jumping around like fairies you know but look it's all part of it you know so if you can sit there and think well i hit my twenty thousand steps four times this week that's 
100 times better than last week where I was just barely scraping my 5,000, 6,000, you know. So those little small wins are going to be the difference of getting there in your six weeks or eight weeks or shitting the bed and messing it up and then maybe only getting your 12-week results over six months or over a year, you know. So kind of kind of spiraling up and down and kind of yo-yoing, I suppose, like like your yo-yo diets, like yo-yoing in and out of your exercise rather than kind of keeping keeping track and keeping tabs with yourself. So that's that's essentially the big one with that. Yeah, I can't, uh, I, I don't think there's much else to add on to it. So uh, yeah, let you continue. Well, I suppose one, one I would definitely add on to that. So I suppose... The big one I would put on that, and I suppose you're probably a good person to ask this question, I suppose, how do you know when you're not getting results or when you're in a plan or you're kind of a couple of months kind of deep into a working out, how do you really know, okay, I'm not getting results, I'm not where I should be or I feel like I'm plateauing? Where do you really feel you need to go then? I suppose I'd, I'd, be, I'd like to see your perspective on that. Um, I feel like there's two kind of parts to this question so i'll start with the first one with um how do i know that i'm not progressing and then the second part i feel will be what do i do or we can have that as a separate question it's up to you uh yeah no no, no that's, that's yeah good. so um i'd be looking first of all when i'm not progressing whether that's with times for a run or the way I lift in or a certain uh, way I want to look. So I bring it back to what metrics am I using to measure my progress? So when I'm looking to, when I'm doing strength training and I'm looking to increase my uh, weights, I'm instantly going to need a starting point one so when i'm strength training you obviously need to do work within strength parameters so that's the first thing you need to do and i'm working off my starting point and i'm letting that uh progress for a period of time and then implementing the idea of progressive overload so that's my metric for determining um how I'm continuously going up the steps to reach that new target weight. So if I'm if I'm looking to bench press 120 kilo or whatever that is, I need to know what my starting point is. That could be 75 kilo for my first week, and I'll do that for one two weeks, and then I'll start adding in 2.5 or five kilo onto that weight and then progress and do that and start moving up, build it up, get the small steps going. So that's how you do that. So if you're, if you feel like you're not actually getting to that point or you even fail at that, uh, you're going for a PB on that weight, you're like, oh, what's the point? I didn't hit it. It's like compare yourself to what you were, not not what you thought you'd get. So if your if your previous one was only one ten and you wanted to get one twenty, but you failed at you completed one fifteen and failed at uh, one twenty, 
that's still an increase of five kilo. Yeah. So essentially, your idea always that even if you're looking to progress by upping up in the bench to 10 kg a week or 10 kg every fortnight, if you're going from 110 on Monday, 110 on Tuesday, one, <coughs> 112.5 on Wednesday, and then maybe hitting 115 on Friday, and then you're kind of stagnating at 115 for three, four, five days. I suppose rather than getting kind of caught up and I suppose thinking, Jesus, why am I not getting through it? I suppose, is it that little bit of perseverance? And I suppose thinking, well, you're, you're making a good little jump or where does the head really need to be at? Again, it, become, it comes down to what uh, the end goal is and if it is hitting that weight, I, I need to reevaluate, did I... Did I actually give it everything I set out? Did I get my nutrition in check? Did I get all my accessory work in check? And did I put in the adequate rest periods and training sessions to get me to where I am? It could even be a simple thing of technique. So even you might have to just reevaluate, drop it back down and work. You might notice your right shoulder's going up a little bit more than your left shoulder or incorporate in new methods where when you're doing your secondary stuff you're doing training techniques like time under tension or you're doing some iso uh, isolation work so um you're doing maybe dumbbell uh, presses with uh, your right side first and then you're then you're uh, going with your left next like you're rotating between the two uh things like that then for perspective of wanting to look a certain way, I want to be a certain body weight. The best way to track that, to stay away from the scales, because that's just a number, start taking photos. So you could start taking weekly photos or daily photos or every couple of days, but keep the time period the same. When you do it, first thing in the morning, where same lighting, same, same three different, four different uh, stances, and just record what you had to eat, what the conditions were, and progress that way. Like, make sure that you're being consistent with whatever you're doing, whether it's the bench press, the squat, or the progress photos, because you want to look a certain way. <clears throat> I think it's very important yeah, that's to know what steps you're taking. Yeah, no, definitely. Look, that that's that's a solid way to put it. I suppose putting essentially you you have to kind of take the take ownership yourself, and I suppose realize right. Well, I'm I'm living in this. I suppose I got to get my two feet stuck into this and realize right. I want to be at one twenty kg right now. I'm not there. Right, I need to dial this back and realize right. Well, I need to get there. What do I need to do to get there? So. Essentially, you probably you need to be looking back on your wins and I suppose on your weeks where you really did jump up in your weight and see what you're doing. So I suppose not essentially keeping a journal, but keeping track of what you're doing. Uh, excuse me. Uh, yeah, like it's very important. I do definitely believe you need some form of metric to keep you accountable because it's very easy to overlook um, certain aspects if you're not working with a coach because if you're working with a coach you're sending them on the information well I should hope any good coaches 
uh, getting the client to record their weights or their uh, progress photos because like they'll give you that feedback and tell you that week one you're bench pressing 60 kilo and then week six you're benching 90 kilo you can see straight away there's a 30 kilo difference and the person might be like well I don't actually um I didn't get to 100 kilo it's like you jumped up by 30 kilo that's progress yeah. and you did it within this period of time yeah so like that's huge and then going back to the whole aesthetic side of things and wanting to look a certain way or drop by a certain body percent fat um keep in mind that you should also be looking at how much you've dialed in nutrition and realizing that you went you nearly did a 180 you've you've uh stopped eating so much uh, trans fatty acids or um, processed foods and started eating more healthy, organic, uh, free-range foods. You've also increased your need from 5,000 up to consistently eight to 9,000 steps per day. You're getting your, you're going from your six hours sleep to your seven and a half, eight hours sleep. You're not as moody you don't need to have a coffee at three times a day because you have more energy your sex drive is up like use these use these metrics and the switch will start you'll start begin to flick the switch and realize that yeah the pattern on now is working Yeah, no, look, that's 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 a solid way to put it. Yeah, like I think it's very important just to understand the different metrics that you can use to get you to progress, and using that for a bit of accountability compared to looking at one photo of you from six weeks ago to a photo of you now, you might notice it, but someone else might notice. No, it's that thing. It's like if you really want to have a, I don't know, reduced body fat in your uh, abdomen, uh, your midsection, you you'd be focused on that. If your if your goggles on, narrow vision, that's all you can see. And after six weeks, you're like, no, I haven't made any progress there at all. This is completely worthless. Someone else can go who's seen the seen all the other photos and the first one and the last one they can go well your shoulders have completely leaned out your arms have as well you've got your bit of vascular veins going your legs have toned up and your upper back you can see muscle definition there you're 100% making progress definitely as is no matter no matter what you're doing this is biggest be it for fitness, be it for fat loss, or be it for strength gain, people need no matter what you're doing because in a lot of cases, it can be a drastic change, somebody going from zero to 100 in terms of doing no exercise to a lot or even even just some. There's always going to be a big difference. And this is once, once you even just tidy up the nutrition side of things, you're going to be a different person. You're going to react differently. People will notice a difference in yourself 
And that, al- along with the photos and with the bit of tracking, is going to give you that boost of, oh, maybe I am doing something right. It says, look, like everybody is immune to that little bit of enjoyment with, with their compliments, you know? And look, it says, once you get it, it's always a nice thing to get, you know? So it's that's always a good help to have. And just that even idea of looking at your picture from day one and looking at yourself today, because those there can be some big differences in six weeks because like that main point of what gets what gets measured gets managed and that's that's a really really important one because it's it's huge in the sense of if you turn around and say to me right well what were you doing back at uh, week one or week two in terms of your lifting and you're like oh oh geez I think I was lifting about 10 kg or I think I was lifting about 20 kg like oh well did you track it or did you write it down no no I did just kind of I just kind of go with the flow and see what I'm feeling on that day, you know? Just kind of going in with that kind of flimsy attitude, you're going to have flimsy results, essentially. So you can't be this as having that, having that coach or even having that training buddy, somebody to keep you accountable because when you have somebody there to keep you on track or somebody to really check in and ask, well, how, what did you do this week or how did this week go? If you've kind of kicked the arse of it this week, if nobody's asking those questions, there's nobody, there's nobody to keep you on track or there's nobody to really make you think, well, geez, I better go and go to the gym where I'm going to get an eight or I'm going to, I'm essentially wasting my money here, you know? So it's, it's kind of a Yeah, like um, that can, I think we've kind of answered two sides uh, of the question there. We've mentioned how to track the progress and how to, and to know that you're making progress as well as how to know when you're not yeah. making the progress. So uh, going back to originally, there was a part two to it is uh, what, just to get confirmation, it's what to do when you're not making progress. Was that what the second part was? Yeah, so how, how to change things up or how to really deal with it. Yeah, I think once you've established uh, you're not making that progress, it's going back to reevaluating what you've done and noticing is there any gaps in what you're doing are you adhering to how you're how you've lit your plan you've laid out and are you abiding by your rest times your nutrition your sleep and the sessions that you're doing itself and if you notice that you're not ask yourself why that is it might be you're given a nutritional plan by a coach and you have to eat X amount of this three times a day, and you're not a big fan of it. It's about realizing, like, look, you're not actually sticking to this because you don't actually like it. That that comes down to communication, uh, that side of things. And as well, like, if you're missing out in sessions because you don't like actually doing the stuff, you need to make the person aware or if it's just yourself you need to come up with stuff that you actually like to do and blend that in with the stuff that you mightn't be overjoyed to do the stuff that needs to get done make sure that you're that you find a way to enjoy it for yourself while it's orientated towards your goals that you're looking to do i think that's massive but um also making sure and asking yourself the question, if you're uh, six weeks into an eight-week plan, 
that that's still the goal that you're looking to do. It always comes back to, I find, making sure that you're in alignment with what your goal is because like that can change from week one to week six. That can change completely. Totally. So like, the, I suppose looking at it with the trainer's head is you can have daily, weekly, monthly check-ins. If you're kind of taking the ownership on it and I suppose flying the flag yourself, you have to have some kind of, even, even a check-in with yourself and even that idea of, right, reevaluate where I am Set, even set a date in the calendar right on the 26th of this month we're going to reevaluate where the calories are at where the food intake is at how I'm hitting my protein numbers how I'm hitting my steps you know rather than just going with the flow and thinking look I'm getting to the gym every day I'm, I'm there I'm doing something you know don't essentially be just doing something I suppose use your time wisely I suppose you can be a busy fool very easily and you can be thinking you're doing great but then you're like, well, why is this T-shirt not getting bagged here? Or why are these jeans not fitting better, you know? Because you can go in, and I suppose, the, how would you describe it, as the element of, well, I'm sweating buckets. I must be doing something right, you know, rather than I'm just kind of running like It's because you're so damn out. hydrated. <laughs> That's it, exactly. I suppose we're just, we're just drinking too much damn water, my man. <laughs> <laughs> Props if you know that quote. <laughs> exactly. Anybody that can pick up that one's doing well. No, like it's uh, it's very important to reevaluate. Like even every week, if you're if you're a decent enough coach and you've said it there, like you've broken it down to your daily, your weekly, your and your monthly check-ins. Like getting that feedback from the clients about things like sleep, nutrition, training and rest periods, getting that feedback from them so they they completely understand why you're eating this amount of carbohydrates and this amount of fats, why you need uh one minute rest period versus on your big uh, compound movement you might need two and a half to three minutes uh rest period. It's about making sure they understand the process and you've mapped out the plan to them so they know why they're doing this, why they have to do this exercise followed by this exercise. So there's no miscommunication, but also from the coach's perspective that they're getting the feedback from the clients that they know that if they have, <coughs> excuse me, they have this bit of a twinge on their shoulder or they might be have this depth flexibility on a certain exercise that you're able to change it up for them so they're not just coming to you uh, after, after week three and saying oh the squat rack was uh, was taken I wasn't able to do my front squats when right it's you don't yeah. actually like doing front squats <laughs> you have to be able to say yeah. that to the coach because I remember just from an anecdotal point of view, when I was doing a training program with uh, someone, I was doing front squats and I never really did it before. And they wrecked yeah. my, uh, my uh, wrists because I didn't really have that mobility because I wasn't used to doing them. So I straight away said it to them, look, at, I haven't done these before. Is there any ways that I can improve my mobility 
or even change up my technique to doing a front squat. It's about having that communication. Completely, because it comes back to that idea of, yes, you, you might be feeling, I'm, I'm investing a lot of money. I'm giving these guys a lot of money. Obviously, they're giving me this because they feel, look, they're the expert. They know what it is. At the end of the day, there's that little bit of communication. I might think to myself, look, Gary's got a good, strong frame. He, he's a good sporting background behind him. I'm sure he's done lots of front squats. You never know until you ask the question. So I could give you a tailor-made plan for somebody of your height, weight, and definition. But what's to say you haven't broken your wrist three times in the last two years, you know? And it says that could be just, you may have the power and the ability to do front squats, no problem. But you just have that little bit of a kind of a, a, a hole or that kind of negative, negative approach that just can't happen for you. So essentially communicate, I suppose. If you're, if you're paying money to someone, at the end of the day, you've got to get bang for your buck. So if you're, if you're paying me to do up a plan for you, don't just take it and be a yes man and be thinking, oh, yeah, no, that's brilliant. That's going really well. That's going really well. And then I'm looking at your number three weeks later because that's, that's the most annoying part of it when you know what, well, well, you're not getting results. There's something going wrong. Well, geez, I'm doing everything you're asking me to do. And you're sitting there, well, you mustn't be, you know? And that's when things can get awkward and you have to really ask the awkward questions of, well, you should be here, but you're back here, you know? So something, something's missing, you know? And then this idea of trying to be the nice guy and not wanting to say, oh, well, what you give me didn't work. Because at the end of the day, if, if you don't say, well, I can't do this or I can't do that, you're just, you're, you're wasting your time, essentially, you know. So you're really, you were as well to just keep kind of going the way you are and save your money, you know. That's kind of the, the big one on that. Because if you're, if you're going to get help, it's a full Yeah, like, um, as you said there, it's going back to that communication and the quote that you use a good bit is, what, get me- what gets measured gets managed. <coughs> Jesus, it sounds like I'm on the fags. Um, <laughs> stop. Um, so, like, I think it's very important to be open and honest because you said it right there. It's your money. It's your time. Make the most of it. Don't fool yourself. Exactly, because that's, that, that is essentially enough for probably what I off here. What kind of develops that relationship, I suppose, or people can be thinking, hey, I've worked with a trainer and I didn't get any results. When the context behind it of you didn't follow what you were meant to do or you weren't able to follow what you were told to do and you didn't try to change it up, you know, so not going into it with a complete open mind or with a complete of, I can't do this, we need to do something else. I can't do this, we need to do something else, you know. So not being afraid to keep changing it up and keep asking the awkward questions of, mm, see that plan you give me? Look, it's great and all, but it's not working for me. Change it up. And then that's where you just, I suppose, any good coach, and I suppose I've done it myself in the past, of, look, I don't think I can help you. Look, we leave it there, you know, or I move on to somebody else rather than trying to kind of jimmy about with it because at the end of the day, every coach can't help everyone. So you have to be able to realize who you can or who you can't help and not essentially having that little bit of remorse or I suppose that little bit of kind of good good fortune to realize, right, well, 
I cannot help this person. I need to hand them on to somebody else or I need to tell them up straight, you know, it's with having that bit of gen- genuineness, which is the big part of it too. So find find out where they are, where they need to be, knowing that I can get them there or I can't get you there and then work Yeah, I think um, that's a great way to end uh, questions on because uh, we've... Yeah, look, we've answered we have answered about five or six good questions. So you could you could you could argue that one was a part two or part three of a question. But uh, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, just a little plug in now. We were running through the idea of doing a challenge in November, just something to kind of get pe- more people involved in what we're doing and something to train for and to look forward to do well I don't know about looking forward to do but looking to keep you accountable throughout mm-hmm. November because I know a lot of people tend to want to try and look a bit or putting a bit more effort to look a bit better and feel a bit better coming to around Christmas time because they'll see more people see more of their friends or more uh, family members, people they don't see consistently and see at certain times of the year. Uh, I suppose it'll be socially distanced yeah, okay. this year or whatever. <laughs> so, uh, be yeah, Zoom this so, year. <laughs> uh, I don't know, unless you want to get filters on Zoom or something, but um, or get the green screen out and uh, whatnot. But uh, yeah, so. Um, We'll talk about it more, I think, uh, later in the week and we'll nail it down next week. But just getting feedback from people would be great to see what exactly they would like to do. I was thinking something along the lines of uh, of something doing every single day for the month of November. Yeah, definitely. I suppose, look, any, anybody listening, by all means, just drop us a message and see what we're doing. And look, I suppose even if it's just something simple of do, do, doing some stretches uh, each day, doing something, I suppose, making sure that it is something that you incorporate into every single day, even if it's just a simple idea of drinking an extra litre of water a day or making one better food choice each day, you know? Something that is simple and something that can be managed is, is look, we're all happy to try the thousand squats each day, but we're, we're going to be well mangled come the start of Christmas. We'll be looking for seven or eight muscle guns for, from Santi at that stage but yeah something that's manageable something that's doable and that can really make a difference short term over a long that's period. perfect uh, I think that was a wonderful episode learned learned a few tricks there too so thank you I'll chat to you soon yep. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode of the Uncensored Fitness Podcast. It's uh, great to see that you made it this far. And as we said at the closing of the episode, we will be discussing further about doing some form of challenge during November. So stay tuned and stay classy.